Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Mac and Bone Show, baby! They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt! Pardon me for being skeptical about ball spreading here. This is my friend, T-Bone. You're not supposed to wash your bags? You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard Mac and Bone Show. Time a little midweek show. We're trying to get you through this Wednesday morning on the Mac and Bone Show. Happy Valentine's Day. Again, I, I've, I'm always in this awkward spot on sports radio with a listenership full of uh, dudes, mostly dudes. Um, uh, should I should I just wish them all a happy Valentine's Day? We got love for y'all. All right. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Do Heels fans still have love for this 2023-2024 Heels team? They have lost three of five, and the defense does not quite seem as imposing here uh, during this five-game stretch. We will discuss it. We will also discuss end-of-game reviews in college basketball. I don't know why. I feel like today's a good time to discuss it um, as we wasted about, I don't know, 25 minutes of our life for the last two minutes of that game last night. We'll talk about it. Virginia with a big loss, too. So uh, they blow a chance to go even with the heels. We've got uh, audio from Julius Peppers. We've got uh, Smitty and Luke talking about Pep. We got T. Higgins. Is he going to be available in free agency news? Uh, We got a lot of things happening here. Hornets news. Uh, We will uh, let you know the latest on Miles Bridges' legal situation. Uh, The latest charges were all dropped yesterday. We will talk about that, explain um, uh, what has occurred with that whole situation. Um, And then by the end of the show, we will be back to to, uh, just thinking about the new look Hornets returning to the court tonight against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. We've got a lot of things happening here. Bones here. Flound Dog is here. Bone Man, what is going on? What's happening? Good morning to you, Matt. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now. 39 degrees. And that's in studio. Yes, it's also 39 (laughs) degrees in here as well. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Scott Shelton, if you're listening, uh, we went the other way yesterday. It was about 95 in here, and we almost took our clothes off. Now we're down to about... 45 in here. We're, we're having trouble finding the balance. I'm going to go to charlottecomfortsystems.com and see if I can make an appointment with Scott Shelton. I am convinced this has been done on purpose. <laughs> we um, uh, I, I uh, we, we are known, especially me, to enrage people for how cold we leave the studio and want the studio. Fat Mac really needs a cold studio to be able to thrive in. All right. I'm a little hot natured at this point in my life. And we complain, have complained a lot about this thing not working. And it being too hot for us, whereas the rest of the guys, I don't think they've minded it that this, uh, yeah. you know, that this unit hasn't been working. I am convinced, Bone, that they fixed it and lowered that thing to 60 degrees. That's what it was at when I came in here. Oof. I am convinced they did this on purpose to say, you guys want it colder? Here you go. It's Ant freaking Arctica. I am convinced, Bone. Well, I have an idea, man. We're <laughs> going to start doing this on the show. Flounder, follow me. Flounder and I are going to go review what's wrong. 
Mac, you wait here for about a minute and a half, two minutes, like college basketball, while Flounder and I go over here. <laughs> go the, check that we're going to go check it out. <laughs> Six reviews in the last two minutes and 45 seconds of that game last night. And listen, maybe I'm salty. Maybe I'm just salty because every one of those went against the heels. Correctly so, mind you. But uh, damn, that's annoying as hell. What, no, did, what did the review show there? We're back. It's uh, cold. We don't really know what we saw. We just know that it's cold. But that's our new thing. We're gonna. There's a new thing here where Flounder has to call people in, whether it be Rickard, Hoggard. They've got to go review when something goes wrong on the show, and it's got to take at least two minutes every time. God, that was annoying as hell, man. And Syracuse is annoying as hell. You ever seen it? You ever seen a team strip another team of a ball so many times in a two-minute span? No, never. Gee, my goodness. It, Hold on to the damn basketball heels, for it, God's sake. Be strong with the freaking ball. Then Baker had a meaningless one at the end where he grabbed him by the jersey. We had to go look at that one as well. Yeah, had to look at that. Even though the game was over, we had to go look at that one as well. Listen, I'm, am I bitter? Yes. And if if the calls went the heels way, would I not be so adamant about replay? Yes, I, I would not. But it is annoying, and it is something that I, I just I can't stand in college basketball. That's annoying. And these games take forever. It's why I it's why I like being on the DVR for games. There's just so much downtime BS. Yes. How much time you actually spend in watching the game? Sometimes games, games can be in a flow, and it can get to the end, and all of a sudden, yeah. the, yeah. the end of that game. I didn't really think the game had a bad flow until the end when it felt. It felt like the end of the game, the last two minutes, took a look, took a, the same time as a local news broadcast. It was crazy. It took about 30 minutes or so to play it the last two minutes. It ended like a half hour after uh, Virginia and Pittsburgh. Yes, it did. Because I went back over there, and I had to rewind back. To, I wanted to watch like the last eight minutes of it. And I'm rewinding forever. I'm like, holy crap, they ended this game on Monday night. Like, it's, it's a whole new night now, it feels like. But anyway, let's talk about the stuff that matters the most. The Tar Heels are not the 10-game win streak Tar Heels by any stretch of the imagination. They have come off that 10-game win streak, and they have now lost three of their last five. And the number one thing to me that's different, and obviously it was on display last night, is this defense is nowhere near the elite-level defense that climbed all the way to number three. They were in the 60s in, in defensive efficiency, uh, I believe, after the Kentucky game. They then climbed all the way to number three in the country. They were playing smothering elite-level defense. And what they've done the last five games, Bone, has been far from elite-level defense. Last night was absurd. And, yes, yeah, Syracuse was hot and hitting shots. But it, when you tend to let good guards get to the spots they want to shoot, pull up and shoot at, there's a good chance they're going to make them. Syracuse was 71% from two. 71%. They were over 40% from three, and they were 62.5% from the field. Bone, a UNC team has, since Dean Smith has retired, a UNC team has only allowed a higher field goal percentage than that one time since Dean retired. Are you kidding me? This Tar Heel team, man, the only chance they have to win it all or to be in a Final Four is play elite defense. And this just, this is, I guess, uh, do you say Flown tweeted this out last night that they're playing like they were early in the yeah, season? Yeah, I, I, saw, I, right? I saw the same thing. That was pre-January, November, early December heels defense. Those guards did whatever they wanted to do. Starling and Mintz combined for 48 points on three three-pointers. It wasn't like they were going crazy from three. Now, one was a 40-footer that banked in, but that summed up. <laughs> That's the when night. I knew the heels lost yeah, the game. That summed, up, <laughs> that summed it up, though, Mac. If they wanted the mid-range, they got it. To the hoop, they got it. 40-foot three, it went in. They did whatever they wanted to do. And how about this stat that sums up all we're talking about? 
since they started tracking uh, effective field goal percentage in 1999, it was the second highest for a team in 25 years of this of the stat. They started tracking that 25 years ago. It was the second highest effective field goal percentage for a team. Uh, and I'm not talking about ACC or whatever. In college basketball in 25 years, mm. those guys did whatever they wanted to do. Other Also, Syracuse was depleted, man. They had to dismiss Benny Williams. They were missing two bigs. And they didn't have, they had no big man depth. You saw when the other kid came in, it doesn't play. Baycott got a bucket right away. I know it's hard against the zone to sometimes establish a big, but I, I feel like UNC never really, Baycott could have dominated those dudes down low, but they never really got to that point. You got to credit Syracuse. Carolina yeah. could not get the, did not get the ball inside hardly at all. Yep. And as a result, they didn't get to the foul line hardly at all. And Carolina wants to be at the foul line. They want to get it inside, and they did not. Now, the crazy thing is Carolina hit 12 threes in this game and still lost. They hit 12 of 27 for three and still lost. But that goes back to their defense. And, Bone, this may have been the worst defense they played in this five-game stretch, but I'm here to tell you it, it has been regressing. This is not a new thing. When the 10-game winning streak ended, the Heels' defense ended playing that way. Like, there is, there is, it's not a coincidence they are the way they handle ball screens over the last five games has not been anywhere near the same as the way they were playing them there during the ten game win streak. I mean, and I give Huber credit, and he's tried to change things. They started doubling the ball like out of the ball handler's hands. But here's the problem: they would double it out of Mince's hands, and then it would get to Starling, and they'd run the pick and roll and attack again. Yep. They had two guards. If it's one guard that's killing you, you can double it out of his hands. But when it's two guards that are killing you, you double it out of one guy's hands, it goes to the other guy's hands. And then he attacks off the bounce. So this Carolina team, to me, the memorial of the story is Carolina, this team, has to be an elite defensive team to do what everybody hopes they can do. And they have not been for the last five games. And last night, it was just horrible. Like, it was just terrible. By the way, from, for, the, from, the, from the get-go, too, they got down early. It reminded me of Clemson, where they, they got down early. They were down by 11. They rallied again. At halftime, they were tied. Second half starts. They're down by nine. They were in chase mode the entire game. Grabbed the lead yeah. briefly. Yeah. But they tied Clemson. They got to that point where we're like, okay, now not a, not a great night, but they're going to find a way. Much like Clemson, every time they either got close or grabbed that lead or whatever, Syracuse would then get a bucket or two buckets. I'm telling you, they, they, you're right. You're right. They've had some. They've had some. You go back to the Florida State win on the road. Remember that horrible first half they played? Yeah. Like, they have played some really bad stretches of basketball in these six games. By the way, Bone, turn around and look at Flounder. This man, I got a pulled side this man muscle, wants, so give me a sec. This man wants to scream about the Tar Heels so bad. The look on his face as we are talking. Flounder, how Flounder, angry are you? They, look, Flounder, you look just out. You look horrible, They Flounder. do a uh, war cry Wednesday. Well, thank you. That's <laughs> You love to you, hear You want to just let out a scream? You're allowed to right now if you want to scream. Just let it out. Get it out. Ah! Say it feels good. To are you well, mad, I mean, Flound? Are you sad? What are you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he Are you mad? Are you sad? I I don't I I don't know. I don't know if I'm really mad. I I I just to me like it's it's the realization that this team really isn't that good. Like they're not national title good. They're a second weekend of the tournament team at their peak, and that's pretty much it. Because they're not a, they're they're not a great defensive team. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I was a team going against them, literally just play zone because this team has nothing for the zone. And it wasn't just last night. We've seen that in the last few games where teams have thrown zone at them and they have absolutely no answer for it. So 
I mean, yeah, to me, I, I just, I, I mean, I don't think it's time to panic because I don't think that this is a team that's going to miss the tournament or anything like that. I saw people that said this team will fall completely apart. Miss the tournament? Yeah, oh, there were people that co- uh, were comparing it to Toriel football. Miss the that tournament. they will find a way to not make the NCAA tournament. They were a one <laughs> seed like a couple days ago. How are they missing the tournament? <laughs> we go too far some of these things. Exactly. Yeah, that's too far. But I, I don't, I don't, I got to tell you, I the way they're playing right now, I don't see any way this team is making it to Phoenix. There's there's no way possible. Well, if they play like this, they're definitely not. They could lose the first. They could be out the first week, and they'd be out the first game if they play defense like this. Can I can I also um, point but, out an obvious thing happening here, Flounder? Uh, Baycott did say that the ACC runs through him, and they're one and two since that statement. Now they have the oh, same, they're running through them. All they, right, they had the same <laughs> amount of losses as Duke now in the conference. <laughs> they're running through them. They're running over them. <laughs> they they running right past them. I mean, holy crap! Yeah, that pick and rolls right over you. Oh my gosh! Uh, we'll talk about it, man. How heels fans feel? It seems like some are going off the deep end. Uh, what Flounder said is very reasonable. Do we overrate this team? I, I got I got messages last night. Mac, you were overrating us. You hyped us up too much. Maybe I did. And maybe, Bone, I need to... You know what I need to do? That statement I made... Stop when talking? I, when I got... <laughs> wow. If I was in a different line of work, I feel like I could do that. What I need to do, Bone, is retract my overzealous statement that Carolina is going to sweep Duke this year. Uh, I need no, to pull that statement back. Did. I need to reevaluate. Because no. ever since I said uh, that, what's going on with this no, damn team? things are going so well for me here in the last couple <laughs> games. I will say this. It is kind of crazy, though, where we think of where UNC is at on that one line not long ago. National title contenders. Duke's still trying to find themselves. And they still are to some degree. But it's it's crazy that they have the same amount of losses right now with how we – and a me too – with how we view them. Because a lot of Duke wins, Mac, we've come in and have been like, eh – you know, they, they had to fight through that one. Wasn't great, but they've accumulated a lot of wins to the point where their record is almost very, very similar to UNC. And you wouldn't think of them right now on that same record line in the conference, but there they are. Yeah, and that it, Duke-Pittsburgh loss, it's not looking as bad anymore because Pittsburgh is tough, man. No, they are. That's a hell of a road win in Virginia. They can yeah, shoot man. it. When Pickett's gone shooting a ball and Henson was on fire, they had 14 threes last night against the pack line. They did. This segment is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance with Progressive. Coming up here on the Mac and Bone Show on this, we on Tuesday? What are we on here? Wednesday, baby. Yep, that's yep, yep, you are right. We're on a Wednesday. We talk Panthers an update on T Higgins availability and free agency and Panther legends. Salute. A legend go to the Hall of Fame on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
remember the most about playing, the locker room, really, the locker room, man. Just being in there with the guys. And the week leading up to the game. The game was fun, but it was the week leading up to it that I found a lot of enjoyment in, you know? Putting in the work, visualizing the game plan, and having that challenge out there to stop the Michael Vicks, and looking forward to that, anticipating the matchups. That, that was really fun. That is Julius Peppers talking about, uh, well, you heard it there, you know, what he remembers fondly, what he loved uh, in his playing days. And that was on an NFL Films piece that Pan the Panthers tweeted out. You should check it out. It's like a three-and-a-half-minute video. Uh, Bruce Smith, they call it, what do they call it, the knocking crew or something like that? Oh, that, I mean, I mean even if it's players that you, that you love and saw from one of your teams or your team, that, that anybody, that those moments can get you. But it's when it's a player like Peppers. You talk about cutting some onions up in the house with Bruce Smith oh, at his door. They, 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 call, uh, they, they, they were going around all the cutting these videos, going around all the new Hall of Famers um, uh, houses. And Bruce Smith knocks on the door and tells Pep he's going into the Hall of Fame. And that's what that is from. And you might have heard in the background that Ju Julius Peppers might have been a ginormous uh, beast of a man. He ha he must have the most annoying little yap yap dog in the world. <laughs> that thing was back there yapping when they opened up the door. Bruce Smith is trying to break the news, and his damn dog is losing his mind in the background. So uh, I anyway. love uh, I love what Bruce Smith says to him about what Deacon Jones said about the Hall of Fame. You're joining a team that you can't be traded from. You cannot be cut from. You can't even die your way out of this team. Welcome to the club. That is uh, that's a cool thing to to say right that's there. That's a cool little speech yep. right there. No doubt about it. So again, congratulations to Pep, and we'll get to hear more from Julius Peppers. The Panthers have set up a Zoom. Uh, Pep lives in Miami, so he's not coming into Charlotte for this, but it's a Zoom kind of press conference, conference call coming up today at 10 o'clock. So tomorrow we'll have even more of what Pep had to say. Uh, I do want to kind of listen to some of his former teammates, Bone, because it's been. The Super Bowl week last week, and now it's spilling this week into a little bit of this week, too, with Pep going in the hall. We have heard a lot from our fa our, our uh, favorite Panther legends of the past. Cam's down there doing his podcast. We heard from him all week last week. Uh, Luke was doing a 50 gazillion interviews during Super Bowl week. Greg Olson was involved. So it's been a big week for the guys that we love from the glory days of the Carolina Panthers to be talking. So let's get into a couple of guys talking about Julius Peppers. This was Luke Keekley on K Adams show up in Adams. And this is Pep uh, talking about what he uh, will remember and, and what he liked about uh, playing with Pep. One thing that I think sets Pep apart from people is just, you watch him, and I love when Pep smiles. That big <laughs> smile that he has was just so fun to me. And I, there was one thing when I was when I was getting ready to play with Pep that I was excited about. You know, Pep always had that dark visor, and I always wanted to be there when Pep got a sack, and he had that dark visor, and the only thing you could see on him was that smile through his <laughs> face mask. And I was just so excited. The first, I don't remember who we were playing. I should probably know that. But when he got that sack and I ran up to him and it was that big toothy smile behind that dark visor, man, I was like, gosh, this is so cool. Mag, what's cool when you hear a guy like Luke talk about peppers, we had Jake talking peppers last week. We've had a lot of people talking peppers. Kevin Donnelly, think about because he had two stints here and he played for so long, 
how many people that are greats or players that were in this organization have a story about Peppers? He started in the early 2000s. He left here stint one after 2010. He came back, and that's the the Keekly Cam time. He Mac he encompasses so much of Panther history. So many people with this organization have a pep story because he did have two stints here. Yeah, definitely, no doubt about it. And I love Luke. Cool man. Thing. My man Luke is just so. He's just like a regular dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if Luke Keekley was sitting next to you in an office cubicle telling you how his weekend went. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went to Bed Bath & Beyond with the wife. Then I got to watch the game. Like, he just seems like a regular guy. Like, and then you look at him, Bone, the way he looks post-football. You know what I mean? Not as rocked up as he was. He looks like a regular guy. It's crazy that that man, Bone was that absolute maniac middle linebacker, all-time great middle linebacker. Because you look at him now, and then you listen to the way he talks. He just reeks regular dude. That is that is the charm of Luke Keekley, man. Mag, I do have good news, bad news on the Luke Keekley Mac and Bone Show front. So I tried to get him on the show this week to talk about Peppers and some other stuff. Uh, Schedule-wise, he could not do it. That's the bad news. However, in the, uh, in the correspondence of trying to get him on the show – he wanted to reiterate to us that he does love us, and he's sorry he can't come on the show this week. Okay, well, that's it. you put it that way, Luke. Some, I can't stay mad. Some people are like, oh, no, he, no, that's that's kind of how he is, man. What what a friend he's becoming. I oh, can't my stay mad. Yeah, no, and you know, our real <laughs> friends, Matt, they're, they're really our friends when they don't want to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't stay mad at Luke. Now, no. <laughs> now that I heard the way you, that he said that to us. All right, so, Flown, do you have the clip of Cam and Luke together? Do you have that clip? We got to play this one, man, because it's kind of what we're talking about with Luke Keekley and just <laughs> he's just the nicest guy, but he just destroyed people for a living for eight years. It's just amazing. His on-field persona versus his off-field persona. Listen to this. This was when Luke visited Cam and check these videos out on YouTube, y'all. They had great, they, they had great conversations. Greg was with Cam. There's all kind of good Cam Cam tent on YouTube right now. Um, uh, from fourth and one at the Super Bowl last week, but listen, listen to this right here. Uh, Cam talking about Luke. First year, I'm like, bro, he's not this nice. Second year, it's not this nice. Third year, he's not this nice of a person. And then all of a sudden, bro, that's just Luke, bro. It was so fun, man. I oh miss it. God. I miss it, man. We had so much fun together. Mm. The moments. He shared a grunt and a handshake at the end there. <laughs> that's, that's that's the noise Mac makes when he gets his Friday sub at the tier. Mm. Mac, there is a story. I can't remember if I – I think it was on a tweet I had about Keekly coming on the show last – I can't remember exactly uh, who told me this story, but it was one of Keekly's neighbors. Someone in his neighborhood said that at one point there was a storm coming through, and they had either their trash or recycling bins. They had something out in the yard that needed to be taken care of before a storm – Took them out. They got a call on their phone at work. Hey, this is uh, your neighbor Luke here. Yeah, I brought in your trash cans underneath your garage, whatever he was doing, because I was too afraid they might blow down the street. So you talk about Luke Kickley being the everyman. What a neighbor. Imagine what a neighbor. Being, imagine being at work getting a call from one of the greatest ever that he was concerned about your trash cans. Had to bring him in. God, he's an all-pro neighbor, too. Seriously, he's an all-pro damn neighbor. What does he not do well? Um, but anyway, this segment was supposed to be about Pep. It turned into Luke appreciation. we got to get it back to Pep appreciation. Well, I have one Luke. more question, though. Oh, what do you take, got? A listen, take a listen to this. Okay. Now it, it, he's a, he's a listener Which one to the is show. That? Is that so, it, who's whose grunt is that? That's Luke. Because Cam did the first grunt. So he's a listener right? to the show. Is he trying to recreate this? Let's hear it. Mm. <laughs> Let's hear Luke again. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, maybe. 
That sounds like that does sound like actual <laughs> Mac though. The wood grunt sounds like Mac. Cam, Cam had a way over the top uh, as well. Um, I, that moment got me, man, because you could see that they were sharing a moment there where it was like, dude. We yeah. did some great stuff together, man. It was a blast. And as I'm watching that, and then they and then they shake hands. As I'm watching that, I'm thinking, yeah, you did. And we had a blast, and we miss those days, too. Like, mm. it's just, it was so special. And if I learned anything ah. through these six years, well, two things. One is David Tepper has to learn how to be a good owner in the NFL. That's one thing I learned. But the other thing I learned is, man, those days were special. And maybe we didn't appreciate them enough. Maybe we took them for granted. Look at, you know, look when they at, were happening. Uh, look at the way Cam reacts to Luke when he sees him on video and Olsen. He picks up Olsen, and then the next day, Olsen comes over to talk to him on his podcast. And he and, they, and it's almost like they, they did it again. There's a bond. When you have years, like there's a, there's a teammate bond anyway that you have with your guys. But when you go on a run like you did to a Super Bowl and have a season that was that special, you, you may not win the championship, but ultimately, Mac, you've created something that's a lifelong bond with those guys. Oh, right? big time. Big time. You see, you're right. You see it when they were getting together at the Super Bowl last week, how special they and are And the fact that Luke, each other, man. When Luke is mentioning teammates, he goes so far down the line. He wants to make sure he gets as many people in as possible. Telling you, nicest Fozzie, man. Fozzie Whitaker gets a shout out. Nicest man, nicest neighbor, nicest uh, ferocious linebacker. There's no doubt about it. When I get uh, older, I want to be Luke Keekley. <laughs> yeah, you may have missed the boat on that one, Bone. You, that, that ship may have sailed on you. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, back on track with the pep appreciation oh, yeah. segment that we were doing here. Steve Smith was, uh, as he is every week, was on with KB on Monday, had this to say about pep going into the Hall of Fame. What we really need to be talking about is how about our first ballot Hall of Famer, Julius Peppers. Yeah. Had an opportunity to talk to pep um, and gives me goosebumps, man, to see pep and to see how he was. And I was on the field working and to be able to talk to him to see him just come out of his shell. Pep is not a talker. Pep, you know, Pep lives in silence. That's who he is. And, man, just to see him just kind of wake up and just kind of uh, take it all in, man, it's, it's, it was really cool. There you go. He lives in silence. And Smitty does not live in silence. Of course, neither, neither do we, um, especially me. Uh, but anyway, I, I listened to Smitty give him his props for first ballot Hall of Famer. And I hate the fact that Smitty is not in already, I too. I hate the fact that Smitty is sitting here three years in his eligibility and has never been a finalist. Like, it just sucks, man. And then I, I brought this up yesterday. Think about Smitty's Hall of Fame speech when he has one. How, that, that's gonna be an all, that's gonna be an all time. At this rate, it'll be twenty forty when he gets to make the damn oh, speech. Man. Um, I, I brought I brought this up yesterday, Bone. Peter King is a longtime Hall of Fame uh, voter, and he did like rankings of I think like twelve. Lyon said it was twelve, right? Twelve players yes, yes. for next year and how he would order them. He had Luke Keekley three. He had a kicker, Adam Vinatieri two for some reason. Uh, Steve Smith's not even on his top twelve for next year. Top twelve, yeah. Like I don't get it. these voters, Bone, they're literally like they're like robots. Must put in Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt before we can consider Steve Smith. We're Hall of Fame robots. Like that's what they are. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. it's it's embarrassing. You are able to take other guys at the same position and say, you know what? Look at the offense he played in. Look at the quarterbacks he played with. Well, the quarterbacks they played with. The offense they played. You know what? I think Steve Smith's got to pass these guys in a chain. It, it does not have to be a line. This is not a line outside a VIP club 
where it's first come, first serve, Bone. I just It drives me crazy that that's the way the voters seem to handle this. It's so stupid. Comes across as an abuse of power at times, right? Where it's these writers, they get so much power to dictate the, the history of the game, and they they utilize it. There's Hall of Fame issues in all sports. But football right now is the one that bothers me. Baseball's got their own problems, but it, obviously. But football stuff, it's like, I, I still can't believe Antonio Gates wasn't the first ballot Hall of Famer. It comes to I know good, it doesn't matter to us here as much as Smitty, but I can't believe Antonio Gates didn't get in. Yeah, I mean, he'll get in next year. I, I, I don't know. I, I only got the energy to fight for my Panther guys. Um, and I'll just say this. It comes across like mindless idiots. That's what it comes across like. Like, I can't possibly. These other wide receivers have been in line. I can't possibly jump this guy over them. Even though you look at his stats and look at the QBs he played with, no offense, Jake, and the QBs Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt played with, and, and you don't think maybe if you put Steve Smith in the greatest show on turf, the stats would be higher? You put Steve Smith like Reggie Wayne with freaking Peyton Manning, the stats wouldn't be higher? Nope. Apparently they don't have the mental capacity to do that because Smitty showed up to the party late, Bone. He can't go get in line at the bar. Before the other two, that's it. Just feels mindless to me. It feels like they don't even entertain the thought of, hey, should he be up here? It's that's what drives me crazy about it. Wouldn't even be close if he played uh, in the Rams' offense like Torrey Holt did. And I love Torrey Holt, but it wouldn't even be close if he played with Reggie Wayne and Dallas Clark and Peyton Manning and Edgerton. He'd be he'd be in first back. His numbers would just be. It wouldn't be Jerry Rice or maybe Randy Moss necessarily, but he'd be way up the charts Seriously. in a lot of categories. But back, he was in the early 2000s Fox Trot offense when you trotted <laughs> off the field after three runs and punted the football. <laughs> and he still put those numbers his up. His longtime head coach said his punt is a good play. And Smitty still is right there with the all-time freaking leaders. But I digress. I digress. Um, next year, we get to argue for Smitty and Luke. We'll see how that goes. Uh, one other thing I want to mention before we get to Flown with an update. Um, uh, we got Canes from last night, uh, and we have not mentioned that. So I'm sure Flown can drop that in. But uh, one other thing is this T. Higgins watch that we're on right now, Bone. I don't know if we're going to be watching very long. Uh, report from The Athletic. They're, the Bengals writer for The Athletic says what many of us have kind of been fearing is that the Bengals' intent sounds like it is to franchise tag T. Higgins. Uh, so it looks like we need to scratch that name. There's still there's still interesting names on the free agent wide receiver list, but we might have to scratch that name off, man. And that, that might be my favorite name of them all. Yeah, nothing kills free agency hopes, Mac, like the old franchise tag, right? It's, it's good to think and dream. And, oh, T. Higgins, but the, the old franchise tag will often get you in a lot of these players. So that'll be one of those. Yes. And I guess we focus on the possibility down the line of Mike Evans, maybe? I don't know what's going to happen there, what he's going to want, but we've talked a lot about Higgins and Evans, and if Higgins is off the, the market, we'll have to see what, what plays out there. Although Evans Bruce, is going to cost a ton, and he is. Uh, how old is he? Is he 31? I'm going to say, I'm going to guess 32, uh, but let me check. Uh, I, I like the fact Higgins was so much younger, even if he's not the same receiver. Uh, he's 30. He's 30. Turns 31 August 21st. Yeah, so 31. Like, yeah. Is that is that too advanced? I mean, he's going to get paid, too. Bruce Arian said he'd be surprised if he basically almost guaranteed Evans was coming back. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the case. Maybe we need to drop down further to the Michael Pittmans. I don't know. Hollywood Brown, eh, doesn't do anything for me. Anyway, all right, um, uh, Mac and Bone with you. Let's bring in the Flound Dog, a morning feed Flound Dog. Let us know what we were ignoring about the Carolina Hurricanes. It was 2-2 when I last saw it last yeah, night, Flound. This, this I bailed. Well. I bailed. So what happened? I'm going to turn my mic on. That would probably help just a little bit. 
well, last night they fall 4-2 oh, on happened. the road against the Dallas Stars. Two third-period goals, one from Jason Robertson and uh, another one from Matt Duchesne, two of the better goal scorers for the Stars. Uh, look, I mean, it's it's not a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. Dallas, very good team. They're actually leading the Central Division, both them and Colorado, having tremendous seasons out there. Um, but it's just, you know, the thing is, is you're waiting for the Canes to start to win some of these toss-up games with the better teams in the league. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. I don't think that that means that the Canes can't make a run in the postseason or anything like that. But I just don't think they're the force that we thought they could be in the Eastern Conference this season. They nearly caught the Rangers in points because the Rangers went through a really, really rough stretch. But the Rangers have now won five in a row. They're six points ahead of the Canes. They're separating again. And the Flyers, you know, they weren't in the mix last year. But they are just one point behind the Canes. So the Canes are... New Jersey starting to play better, they too. Are, they are. The so that, Devils starting to play that, that division, Flander, as you know, it doesn't, one or two losses, all of a sudden, you're, you're either in the mix, you're moving up. It's a, it's a very jam-packed uh, division there. Rangers, Canes, Flyers, and the, and the Devils. That is Flounder there with the morning feed. This segment is sponsored by Progressive. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. That's Progressive. When we come back, we have an update on what the Hornets' plan may be in the front office to replace Mitch Kupchak and an update on the legal situation with Miles Bridges on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. WFNZ Mac and Bone with you. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We will try to get you through your midweek morning. Uh, keep on listening, whether you're streaming online. Um, a great way to listen um, at the office, wherever you might be. And wherever you are, you travel, you got your boys on the Mac and Bone Show. Uh, WFNZ uh, app is right there for you. Right now, though, Bone, we got to talk a little bit about the Hornets. Before we get into this Miles Bridges stuff. Um, just a real quick note uh, from Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer that was interesting. You actually showed me this this morning, Bone. Um, Hornets, sounds like, uh, according to Rod Boone sources, might be hiring not one but two executives after moving Mitch Kupchak up to an advisory role. Looks like they want to hire a you know, president of basketball operations, and that would be, according to this report, somebody that you know is pretty damn experienced in, in the NBA. Yeah. And um, those would be the guys that already have GM as their title. The guys mentioned are Trajan Langdon and Elton Brand, the two Duke guys. Um, also, Rod Boone says that they would also want to hire a GM. 
And the guys that would be on that candidate's list are the guys that are the assistant GMs where they are. Jeff Peterson from the Nets. Um, the guy from the Knicks was on that list is two bone uh, yeah. uh, from Rod Boone, um, whose name is escaping me. And uh, there was one, it was a group of like three assistant GMs around the league that uh, he said are kind of the candidates. Bucks assistant GM, Milton Newton. Um, uh, Knicks assistant GM, Frank Zanin. And Nets assistant GM, Jeff Peterson. So it sounds like a little bit of a restructuring of the front office for the Hornets right after the Panthers restructured the way their front office is, yeah, is, is made good, up. Good sign. They're trying to hire operations and a GM. That's a person, Mac, between the GM and ownership, what we talked about for David Tepper. So that tells me that ownership, Mac, is going to be involved when they have to, but they're going to allow multiple people, GM operations, to handle stuff when they want to step in, they will. But it feels like they're going to really put this in the hand of its two people of the basketball people and only get involved when they feel like they have to. Yeah, it's a I really good sign. No, like this that. is a good sign to me. This is a good a sign very, to me. Very, very good sign. You, when, uh, when Mike was trying to come into the draft war room, Bone, um, uh, the day before the draft and tell you who he, who he watched in the NCAA tournament, why they need to pick him. Uh, I did, they didn't have this position, right? It was Mike talking right to the GM, right to the coach or whatever. Isn't it crazy this, though, Mac, it, when this feels like a, a good idea in principle, when you go through MJ's history and you know, in this time, in this day and age, you get, I mean, look where they found Giannis. You can find players anywhere. Think about how many of their draft choices were the premier college players that he probably saw in March. Now it worked out with Kemba, but you know, May and Felton he knew from UNC, but Adam Morrison, a, a great college player. Kaminsky had a run. There's so many. Vonley was a little different, but a lot of his draft choices were guys that he probably saw somewhere along the way in a big game in college basketball. There wasn't a whole lot of like outside the box thinking of some of these draft choices. That's because he rolled up Bone to the 19th hole after playing 18, and the tournament was on. He had his cigar, and he said, "Man, I want to draft this guy." So all my scouts. And everybody in the front office has been doing this work for months. I'll just go in the day before the draft and tell them yeah. to pick this guy. And just, that, that's the vision that, that and, we and get. We know that Cliff wanted Donovan Mitchell at one point and got overruled. The stint one, Cliff wanted Donovan Mitchell. He did. He and did, man. MJ wanted, uh, who was that? Uh, what was the draft? Was it Malik Monk that year? I believe it was that, Malik they took Monk. Monk. Yeah. yeah, they took Monk, which we thought felt like great value because we didn't expect him to be there. Um, and Malik Monk's turned himself into a player. But not for the Hornets. <laughs> not in his Hornet states. And Donovan Mitchell, another level of player. By the way, there was also an interesting thing. We talk about like structuring and stuff like that. There was an interesting little blurb from John Hollinger in his article um, about this the other day, Bone, where he talked about the Hornets not only expected to bring in, you know, the, you know, make a change in terms of executives, but also he mentioned like the scouting department and the infrastructure. That's, and I think he did he use the word barren to describe it. Yes. Yes. Like, like that's it, not that I looked it up. Not a good term. Were we? <laughs> this just in. Were we? Was Mike going cheap on the scouting department and other aspects of this organization? Would it shock you if he went cheap on that? How's the guy got that much money and he's cheap as hell? MJ said I talked to the scouting department. I talked to myself this morning. I mean, he, he would just talk to himself about and it. And another thing with Michael too, man. I ain't trying to call out people by name. I don't know, you know, how good they are at their jobs or what they did over there. But I do know we don't win that often, so I do know that. But the friends of Michael aspect over there, you know what I mean? Oh, FOMs. Yeah, the FOMs or the relatives of Michael ROMs over there. Like uh, Charles Barkley called him out on that years ago, and it ended their friendship apparently. But was Charles Barkley lying? No. You know, you know how mad we talk in coaching about how. Teams will often go opposites of, of what they had. How about you? Uh, 
this this ownership group possibly going the Duke route now. They're waiting till they're they're waiting to Trajan Landy and Elton Brand and Seth Curry just got brought in here. This, How about this? The UNC regime wasn't working out too well. Let's go to Duke route now. There you go. There you go. They get Michael. I like it. They get Michael out of a role of authority, and here we go. Duke Blue coming on in. Plotkin and Schnall, I'm here, baby. You need me? Is it possible? You know, Plotkin and Schnall love playing basketball. Is it possible when they were growing up, they were young floor slappers, just getting after it on defense? Is it possible? Yes, because why wouldn't you be? Why would you not want to be that? Oh, man. Why would you not want to be that? You have self-respect. Oh, God. I, got I would love the, to go be a youth basketball player again and just slap a floor one time. I got into Duke and the floor slapping there. I ain't going to lie to you. I like that intensity. I got into that one. Never tried it myself on the floor, though. I'd be now, too, Although they don't really, you know, the other day, Corey Alexander uh, said, why aren't they slapping the floor? They don't really do it much anymore. It's not really a, it's more of like a, you don't see it often as much as you used to. No, that was an the old last, school last Duke couple thing. decades. That's you know, an right? old school Duke thing. Um, all right, let's let's this Bridges thing. We're gonna have a full conversation about what happened with Miles Bridges and his legal situation and kind of the details of it. Right now, let's just give you the kind of the news aspect of it, Bone, and we'll circle back in about an hour and talk about. It. I'm sure it's going to get heated. I'm sure people are going to, you know, say things that are, that are they're fiery. I, I'm sure it will. But with this sort of subject matter, but Bridges three criminal has has had three criminal counts dismissed um, here in Mecklenburg County. Now, this has nothing to do with the original incident out there in California. He has already played no contest today. He's already been suspended by the NBA 30 games tonight. Like that's already been dealt with. These are the two cases, Bone, of basically involved in violating protective orders in different ways. These are the ones that happened in 2023. Yes. Um one of them was him making alleged social media contact and text message contact with her when he's not supposed to be doing that um, because of the protective order. Apparently, Bone, according to the police report, she no longer had these messages. The social media stuff was deleted. She didn't have access. And she said she couldn't remember what the messages said. She couldn't remember what she had what she had originally told the cops they said. Um, the other one, and so again, insufficient evidence, it gets, it gets, um, dropped. And then the other incident that was involved here was the one where there was damage to her car when her and the kids were in it. And she originally told cops that, um, billiards balls were thrown at her car with the kids in it. Yeah. And that the, uh, someone that she described another woman that I, that she was alleging, I think was his girlfriend at the time. Um, was involved in, like, damaging her car. Well, she told the police more recently during the investigation that she could not remember who damaged the car and didn't remember this incident. So, again, insufficient evidence to go through with the case. The charges are dropped. So these, this second, these, these last two incidents, Bone, after the original domestic violence incident, he is clear on all charges there of those at he, this point moving forward. He is, and Woj's tweet yesterday initially about this uh, led to some confusion, which is understandable if you weren't following the whole way through. Maybe from a national standpoint, you're you're not from here. You would just see charges dropped. This is all about the stuff that happened after the initial stuff. that You said this is October, the incident, the most recent stuff. This is not the initial stuff that got him suspended and out of the league for a year. Yeah. This is the other stuff that came about in the early fall where we thought it may impact his return, not the initial suspension. Just want to make sure that that is clarified. Yeah. But and, and you know, I don't know, the NBA, I guess, could still do something. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, they could, I, I, they, I guess. They could. I'm not sure they will. The NBA, I got to be honest with you, I agree with Charles Barkley on this as well. I don't, they don't appear they care much about domestic violence. I got to be honest with you. So the fact that no charges are pursued, I, I, I don't feel like the NBA is going to go back and look at the original police reports and say something happened here, you know, even though she says now she can't remember. So I would think that he's clear. He's got free agency coming up. So in we'll these, see. In these situations uh, with domestic violence are, are complex. There's a lot of unknown when, the charges are dropped and the stuff that you talked about is happening, deleted messages. We don't know exactly what's going on now between the two. So, you know, I don't want to speculate, we'll, but was there a reconciliation? I don't know what's we'll going on. We'll talk about it next okay. hour. We'll get have a full, more of a full discussion about it. When we come back, Hassan Reddit could be available and some Panther fans want him back. Good idea, bad idea. We react. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.